Welcome, everyone. This is uh, Sean Eakins. I'm the general manager for the Sacramento Natural Food Co-op. Um, today, I'm here to talk about uh, the Co-op Scoop. It's our audio podcast, and we're going to be featuring interviews with farmers, food artisans, co-op movers and shakers, and even some bakers. Every week, we intend to bring you a large scoop of food knowledge, highlighting one of the most bountiful food regions in all the land. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Sean Eakins, the general manager here at Sacramento Natural Food Co-op, uh, bringing the co-op scoop back once again. Uh, and, you know, I always talk about whoever we bring on and uh, there's certain things I really like. And, uh, you know, walnuts happen to be one of them. So uh, I'm kind of excited that today uh, we're uh, we're bringing on Tenderly Rooted. It's a newer item that we started carrying and uh, they've been around since the summer of 2015. Um, Jen, Cabin's wife, posted a picture on her Instagram of their garden produce and tagged it with tenderly rooted. It resonated deep within them and they felt that it captured more than just their garden. It captured their state of being as a family. And I will say welcome to Cabin. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, I appreciate you taking some time, uh, you know, and uh, I'm sure you're busy. And uh, but uh, I, uh, I think the first thing I wanted to really ask, uh, because you you didn't start out as a farmer, um, and just maybe talk about what you did before you decided to take over the walnut farm. Sure. It's a little bit of a full circle story because I did grow up here on this farm. Okay. <clears throat> and then when I was 13, uh, we moved to Kenya in oh, East wow. Africa. Yeah. So I actually, I went to high school over there and came back to the States for university. Um, so I didn't come back to the farm. I, I left the farm when I was 13. Went straight into university, got my engineering degree, never really wanted to be a farmer. It seemed kind of like a dead end job. You know, I'm right. <laughs> the, the trees aren't good at handing out promotions or, or pay raises. So <laughs> it wasn't really something that I thought was in my future. Did a couple things here and there. And then um, about four years ago, um, you know, just life circumstances changed. And we said, you know, actually this thing that I've been running away from my whole life, maybe, maybe it's the thing that I actually want to do. Um, so my parents had approached us about us moving back and taking over already about a year earlier. And so then we told them that we were interested and they were thrilled. And, and so, yeah, we, we moved back here in, in 2018. Wow. Um, so I left in 2000, came back in 2018. So I was gone for 18 years. Okay. Um, you know, missed a lot of that formative kind of teenage years where you learn a lot of the right. function of it. So in a lot of ways, it felt like I was coming in new. And then in some ways it kind of felt like riding a bicycle. So nice. Nice. I was going to say, you probably had to do some, uh, some cram sessions. Uh, yeah. So, but I imagine the, uh, the family's uh, happy to support though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, and then I've also kind of seen a little bit, I was intrigued about a trip you had taken to Thailand in 2017 and, um, you had seen an image that you just wouldn't leave your mind. Um, I was just wondering if you could tell that story and, uh, elaborate a little bit. Sure. So the image you're referring to is, is part of our logo now. Um, so you'll see it on, on the shelves there at the co-op on our product. Um, it's an image of a tree that is also a deer that is also a tree. It's kind of this, uh, circular image. And it really speaks to me because trees we picture as these very deeply rooted structures, right? I mean, right. some, some of the oldest things on the planet that are alive are trees and they haven't moved, right? They just stay in the same spot. Deer, on the other hand, occupy the other end of the spectrum. Often found among trees, they're very elusive. Right. You know, it's almost like you could be looking straight at a deer and it still disappears in front of you. Yeah. 
And so that seemed to create some imagery of what it means to be human in this world and our souls and kind of understanding the more metaphysical side of our beings. And there was something about that image being married together in kind of this blended, welded way um, that really spoke to that construct of being tenderly rooted for us, upholding things tenderly and yet also being very deeply rooted in whatever place we find ourselves. Yeah, that's uh, actually sounds perfect for what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So takes me to the story of uh, Riverwood Farm. Um, How big is the farm and uh, where is it located? Yeah. So we are, I'm the fourth generation. So my great grandfather bought this plot um, right at the end of world war two. And it was just kind of uncultivated uh, wild Oak Savannah right along the feather river. It was before the state had built the dam system. So our property went right up to the water's edge and when it would flood, it would flood through our property. So My great-grandfather just started planting on high ground, some almonds, some prunes. And then, of course, as more and more mechanization came in, we were able to claim more and more of the land. Then the levees came through. Um, But our our property is only 60 acres. Okay. Um, So on the scale of specialty cropping, it's fairly small acreage. And, you know, we, we live here on the property. We don't have any employees on the farm, so it's just us. We're owner operator. Um, and I'll tell you what, it is a challenge looking at the next 30 years, keeping a farm, you know, this kind of true American family farm, um, profitable in the next 30 years. It's tough. Yeah. That's, um, seems to be a common theme everywhere right now. And I think, uh, even the fact that, you know, you've been able to take over this next generation and some of even the um, early organic farmers don't have that either right now. And, yep. um, you know, and I, I mentioned it on several of the podcasts that um, today it just scares the crap out of me that, you know, um, Bill Gates is a number one landowner, you know, and, and now yeah. he's working deals with Monsanto and really loves GMO. Um, mm-hmm. And to think about doing the right thing for the land and then to think about that, you know, and it's like, how do yeah. we work against that and the cost of the land right now for new farmers. And to your point, even one that's been there for generations, that's a tough, yeah. tough road. So, um, and yeah. I think something we need to start finding some answers for probably sooner than later. I feel like yeah, sometimes it, it gets kicked down the road a little, you know, it's like, Oh, we'll talk about that, you know, sooner or later. And it, it's, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's, it's hard to care for something you can't see. And I think that's true of Bill Gates. And I think that's true of consumers too. Um, yeah, it makes it tricky. Yes. Yep. So, and um, with the family farm, you also um, practice regenerative farming as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for the first three generations of the farm, it was very conventionally managed, and so I'm stepping in now, beginning to pivot okay. the farm. So we're not certified organic because that is a long process. Right. right. Um, but we are taking every step we can as quickly as we can down that road. Um, cause we feel like it's the right thing to do. Um, and then of course, hoping to go beyond just the organic label, right? Because I'm really driven by the ecological practice of our farm. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't expect to grow anything profitable out of soil that we actively kill. Right. Um, and so I often describe myself as a soil and sun farmer, right? I'm harvesting <laughs> solar energy from the sun and I'm harvesting nutrition and carbon and nitrogen 
uh, from the soil. And then I happen to make money off the walnuts. Um, but really the, the source of life is in the soil and in right. the sun. And you mentioned, you know, it's a, not a huge farm, um, 60 acres. Are you using any other walnuts, um, to, you know, work with the tenderly rooted uh, products? Yeah. So we just launched the, the sprouted walnut product, <clears throat> which is now in your store. We launched that in, uh, January of 21. Okay. So we started planning it in July of 2020 and took us a few months to kind of get everything lined up and started actually producing our first bags. And, and we do it all here on the farm. We don't outsource any of that, right? right? It's our walnuts. We do it right here on the property. We just converted part of our barn into a little facility to do that. Started that in January of 21. Um, and the goal was just to sell 1% right. of our crop in 21. We ended up selling about 10% of our crop, which oh, blew wow. us away. There was... <laughs> People got on board, got kind of behind the story. Uh, we had some organic traction on Instagram, uh, which was fantastic. And so then now this year, we've actually held back 25% of our crop okay. uh, for spread walnuts. So there's still space for us to grow and um, explore more opportunities with sprouted walnuts. Um, and I, I would love for 100% of our crop to end up in the sprouted walnut side of things. Nice. And speaking of that, what are the steps to creating... Of sprout, you know, sprouted walnut. <laughs> yeah. You know, when, when I think last summer you had Violet on from yes. Tata Ron, she, she's wonderful. I, and I, I love, I, I just want to promote her as much as I can because there's oh, yeah. so much space. Right. Yes. And so definitely try her product, support her too. She did a fantastic job laying it out. I mean, it, it can be really simple if you talk about in high level terms. And then of course there's some intellectual property elements right. that make each product unique. Yep. Um, but really you're, you're tricking the, the seed, which is the walnut, you're tricking it into thinking it's going to start a new plant. Right. And that essentially does two things. It removes kind of the toxic barriers that the seed keeps around itself to protect itself from the soil. So it doesn't um, rot and degrade right. in the soil before it's ready to germinate. And then it also releases a bunch of bound up nutrition to actually start the tree before it has any way of actually pulling in new nutrients. Right. When you stop that process before it actually changes the physical structure of the nut, but it's changed biochemically, then as humans, we receive that reward, right? right. We, it's more bioavailable, higher nutritional density, um, lower acids and tannins, which means it's increased flavor. Um, so it's just a benefit all the way around. Right. Yeah. You don't get that bitter, uh, bitter pill there once in a while with the, <laughs> one yeah. of those tannic heavy. Um, so you kind of touched on, um, just really the difference per se from a sprouted walnut to a, like just a regular store bought, um, walnut, what are the other health properties with being bioavailable one? And then two, I know the question always comes up is allergens or allergies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, that's actually why we started sprouting walnuts is my wife and my daughter are both allergic to walnuts. Oh, wow. So that's kind <laughs> of ironic, we, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. We moved back to the family farm. I didn't think it was a problem because I never thought I'd be here, but now suddenly we found ourselves back and we had been sprouting almonds because we just like that taste better. And, and right. almonds are honestly just a lot easier to sprout than walnuts are. So we were already familiar a little bit with some of the basics and fundamentals of the process. And when we moved here, we started sprouting walnuts. We started experimenting. We found a system that worked well for us and it got the allergens to a place where my wife could eat them without any kind of, you know, she, she's not anaphylactic. It just right. kind of cuts up her tongue. And so we just started doing it for ourselves, just little batches. 
Um, so that way my wife and daughter could eat our farm pro- produce. And then of course the pandemic came and, and, and 2020 was a historically low price for walnuts on the commodity market. We were paid for our crop in 2020, the same that my dad was paid the year I was born. Oh, wow. Right. Not adjusting for inflation. Yeah. And when you look at the cost of running anything and, you know, whether it's a household or a farm, the cost from the mid eighties to 2020 right. has gone up significantly. So we knew we had to pivot and we just looked around and said, Hey, what do we have access to that? Other people don't well, walnuts. Okay. Where's the market opportunity for walnuts? And we said, hey, maybe sprouted walnuts it, you know, doing some Google searching. There wasn't a lot of traction. There are some people out there doing it, but it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, you don't have 10,000 results like right. you do if you search for like oat milk or something. Right. right? So we thought, okay, this seems like an opportunity. Let's begin scaling up. And so that's kind of what kicked it off. Um, and, and it's been great. Awesome. No, that's, uh, it's nice when you can actually, uh, research and find something that's not already saturated market. So, um, that's yeah. not, like you said, that's not the case in a lot of these, uh, nut milks and whatnot. So, um, so what was, uh, really, um, I think the big one is what are the challenges that you ran into just getting the product into retail stores? Yeah. Well, it's not my background. I don't know anything about this. Right, <laughs> you know? right. So I, my background in education is engineering. And then we worked overseas for a while in nonprofit work mm-hmm. and international development work. Um, and, and I've worked in retail and some other areas, but I haven't worked in, you know, as an entrepreneur, having to approach people and say, Hey, I've made this try it. You know, that's right. risky. Yeah. Um, it's really putting yourself out there and then it's learning how to have the conversation, uh, with, you know, who to even ask to talk to in the store and then how to go about having that conversation. Um, so there, there's definitely, you know, I, I kind of had to decide that I was going to fail a couple of times and I was just going to put myself out there. Cause I said, look, I need data, right? Right. (laughs) I need to know how to do this. (laughs) So I need to go have a couple conversations and, and just know that they're going to go horribly, terribly wrong. So that way then I can start having some better (laughs) conversations. Um, and so, you know, and that's part of the inherent risk. That's part of the inherent challenge of being a small business owner. Um, and then, you know, a, a larger challenge is that since we are the grower as well, we have to negotiate a year in advance how much product we think we're going to be able to sell that right. next year. So back in October, actually in September, we were uh, September of 21, we were deciding how much we were going to be able to sell in 22. Right. We're a young business. Um, we're not experienced business owners. So there's a lot of risk involved because if we can't sell that product now, right. that's just a loss we take. Um, you know, we, cause we're not buying product as we're producing it. It's right. our crop and it only comes once a year. Yep. Um, so that in- introduces some unique risks, um, that not everyone shares. Um, but it's certainly true of our model. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's pretty cool though, that you get to control your own destiny, but yeah, until you get that history. It definitely, yeah. Um, I don't envy you that, <laughs> but I'm glad we can help move the product here. So definitely, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and speaking of that, how many stores um, are you currently in now? I think we're in about eight grocery stores. Uh, okay. Chico, a couple, Yuba City, and then Sacramento. We're okay. in a few. Nice. Yep. And how are you um, as far as distribution of? Uh, you doing it on your own or are you working with uh, doing it on your own? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just drive down when I get a call from someone, you know, but honestly, most of our sales are over Instagram through our Shopify e-commerce store. Okay. So okay. Um, we, we, 
I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but we had a, a fairly large influencer on Instagram share our product really early on, um, which kind of took our business from you know maybe two to three orders a week to suddenly we had 500 orders in 24 hours nice. um, on e-commerce. So it, it took us from a hobby to a business kind of in a weekend. Um, which created its own set of challenges, but it also gave us this platform to really actually right. grow. Um, and so, yeah, probably 98% of our sales, maybe 95% of our sales are monthly subscription boxes okay. um, through our e-commerce store. Which is uh, actually funny because a few of the folks I've talked to didn't embrace the online right away. And then when COVID happened, had to, you know, figure out how do we yeah. move this product? So, um, yep. so yeah, that would have happy accident uh, that happened there so <laughs> yeah um yeah. and then you mentioned it's a family affair um i believe you have a son a daughter mm -hmm. and your mm -hmm. wife um obviously sounds like a creative soul um yeah i, I yeah. you know how are they involved in the farm day to day so yeah when we moved to the farm my wife was working full-time uh for a charter school okay. she was able to begin working remote and she kept that job all the way through until harvest this past year. Okay. And, and so in October, she quit her job to kind of go all in with Tenderly Rooted. She took over the social media side of it and our email newsletter and some other things. And that's been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she's fantastic. So she's actively involved in the day-to-day. Our kids are fairly young. Our son's in fourth grade, our daughter's in first grade. And okay. so for them, it's more like, Hey, what do you guys want to be around mom and dad right now? Um, you know, I grew up farm work was a chore right? and farm work was discipline, right? Like if I, if I was being, <laughs> you know, a, a dumb little 10 year old boy, right? Like I had to go do free farm work, yep. um, which is better than other forms of punishment in the eighties and nineties. But true, <laughs> it taught me that farm work was was not fun. Right. So we've made the conscious choice that our kids have full choice. Awesome. Um, if, if they want to help, they help. If they want to play, they play. If they say they want to help and then they play, no problem. Um, and that's just been um, just honestly a reaction from my own childhood. So we'll yes. see how that works out in the future. We, yeah, we're not, we don't know. Yeah. You know, so they don't take an 18 year hiatus and <laughs> we don't ever want to look at a walnut again. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> um, so what's, uh, what's new, um, you know, for, for 2022, is there anything else uh, you're working on? Uh, are you just going to try to get through this crop? <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, back at the beginning of, well, in 2020, actually we created our first skew, um, with a UPC, a USDA nutrition label, all that stuff that was part of our startup. Um, since then we've actually launched two more. So we've launched our first flavored uh, sprouted walnut, which I'm hoping to get down to you guys sometime soon, um, with its own, we sent it up to a lab in Oregon to get its own specific nutrition label. We got its own UPC, so it's all ready to go. And then we're also right in the middle of launching little individual size, um, you know, single use yes. bags, like for checkout stands kind of a thing. Cool. Um, and those also have a UPC and nutrition label. So we're go we're up to three SKUs and 22, um, which again, I, you know, I'll get some down to you guys. And then on our e-commerce side, we're, we're doing, we've got some more flavors there because we're, that's, it's a more experimental space, right. right? Because if people choose to buy into it, there's, they understand that we're a small family farm. And, right. um, so we've created a, a, a fun thing we call flavor of the month. So 
Every month through 22, we're launching a new flavor. And the way that we do our flavors, we, we do them with infusions. Okay. So we, we don't do, you know, spray application. We don't do powder application. Um, so like our January flavor was garlic and rosemary. So we went out and we harvested garlic and rosemary from our farm, nice. cut it up, put it in the water, you know, the, the water bath. Actually, we, what we did then is we then create our own extracts. So we extracted the garlic, we extracted the rosemary, um, and vodka to oh, create wow. an extraction. And then we created the broth that we soaked the walnuts in after we boiled the alcohol out. So it's, it's real ingredients, you know, it's, it's an intensive process. Um, and then every month through 22, we're trying 12 new flavors, right? Oh, One cool. new flavor every month. The idea being that then we'll get some user feedback. We'll get some market research, um, and we'll get some people interested in some flavored walnuts. And then we'll figure out some new SKUs to be launching from there and kind of what direction to go. Right, that's a nice incubator spot for uh, the test subject. Yeah. Especially yeah. with what it takes to get into a store. It's uh, nice to be able to put it online. So you yep. get a bigger audience exactly. more quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, that sounds uh, extremely cool. And now I want some of those. That, uh, that's like <laughs> one of my favorite flavor combos. So, um, yeah. but uh, no, I, I I, it's all sounds great. I mean, I'm uh, like I said, I'm excited to have your product here. Um, I go between Tata Raw and Tenderly Rooted, mm -hmm. so you know yep. it's uh, it's a great snack, and uh, the singles sound great too. Um, yeah, I think uh, when we can actually have some sampling going on in here, we should uh, get you some time here to do some sampling and uh, you know test some things out if you ever want to, and um, just all the best for uh, 2022 and. Uh, appreciate the time today absolutely we, we'd love to be down there we're so thankful for you guys and and the way that you guys support us and other small farms and brands and thank you so much for your time today yeah no thank you and uh, we look forward to seeing more and uh, i'll have to check out your flavors of the month on the uh, line now so all right <laughs> all right take care all right